All right, Bucketheads, it's Joe with at CBBDFS. It is Friday night. That means tomorrow, Saturday on the 11th, we've got another Saturday morning shoot-around coming at you. Full disclosure, this is our fourth take at the intro. We've kind of gone off the rails a little bit on the first <laughs> first couple. But, hey, Bird and James are here, and we're going to get through it this time, and we're going to give you guys a, a heck of a podcast. Does that sound okay? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll cut the banter out because that's where we've kind of gone off the rails in the past, and we'll kind of dive right in. But before we do that, this has been a busy week, hasn't it? I mean, what do we have, nine on Tuesday, nine on Wednesday, eight on Thursday? You guys uh, still holding up? Still have the passion for this after all that work? Still oh, yeah. in there. Yeah, for sure. It's better than, you know, some of those 14 game slates that we'd get last year. So uh, nine is at least somewhat manageable. Um, so we'll keep we'll keep grinding away. Yeah, I am kind of wondering if the 14, the 12 and 14 game slates are coming or <laughs> or if they've abandoned those for the I, smaller ones. I hope they've abandoned those. Honestly, Last year, it was the 14-game slates and the $12,000 players, the $11,000 right. players. I'm right. happy both of them are gone, and I think it's been a lot more competitive and sometimes not as, I don't want to say easy because DFS is never easy, but it's it's been a lot more interesting this way. And that's, that's just my, my take on it. Yeah, I think there was some complaints last year that, especially for folks that were newer to college basketball, 14 games is just so overwhelming. So, so I think they probably pared it down a little bit this year, and, and for good reason. I agree. So, we, like we said, we got eight for tomorrow's 11 a.m. And, and Bird, you looked at there's a whole bevy of slates tomorrow, isn't there? Um, we're just going to focus this pod on the the morning slate um, that is eight games, tipping at 11. Uh, but there's there's college hoops action all day, right? Yeah, it's a really nice day of, of hoops. Uh, unfortunately, the Marquette at Seton Hall game is not on the morning slate. It's it's part uh, of the afternoon slate. Just so that's a little bit of a bummer, um, but overall, a fun slate, a little bit different slate. Uh, in my opinion, the hardest pricing of, of the season, in my opinion, so far. Yeah, uh, and James, did you have the same? Th- I, I agree with you, Bird. When I we were looking at this, trying to find our picks for our cash value bust and GPP plays, um, I found the pricing was really good, which is bad mm-hmm. for us. James, did you see the same thing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, there was a few players I looked at that weren't uh, – what I expected in pricing players that I would normally target that uh, weren't, you know, priced at, at where I wanted them to be. So for sure. And I also were missing the Illinois Rutgers game tomorrow. That's a monster <laughs> at noon. <laughs> missing. Is that, is that the word you used? No, no. I'm not going to miss it. You might miss it. Is that, where's <laughs> yeah. that one? That's a, uh, that's going to be in Champaign. That's a big, a big homestand for Illinois come off two really big wins. They completely blew out Purdue, um, yeah. handed them the, maybe one of their worst losses ever and then went up to Wisconsin and won. So they're, they're kind of on a heater right now. And uh, this Rutgers team is really, really good though. So they're going to have to defend home court. So I'm excited to watch it. Nice. And then uh, bird, we got KU on the slate. So I'll let you rave about them in a little bit, but we do have them in our first bucket. And as you guys know, if you've listened to our pod before, what we try to do is we try to bucket our eight games that we have into three categories. So you kind of get the sense of how we're feeling about all these games. And then Bird will go ahead and break down why we put them in each bucket and tell you a little bit about the pace and maybe the line. But our first bucket that we like to talk about is our don't go overboard bucket. These are typically games you want to shy away from, maybe because it's going to be a blowout or it's going to be tight scoring. Um, and normally there's a couple in here, but today half the slate's in here, right? It is. And, and Joe, that was arguably the best transition 
in the history of our podcast that you did there from Kansas <laughs> into the Don't Go Overboard. I know, uh, right? So kudos to that one. That was my transition game plus. is on the come up right now. <laughs> oh my lord, that was uh, you're right. So uh, the Don't Go Overboard section uh, actually has half the site. It has four games tomorrow or Saturday. The first one is Baylor at Kansas, and it, Kansas is a seven and a half point favorite with an over under of one twenty nine and a half. Uh, the second game is Louisville at Notre Dame. Louisville is a three and a half point favorite on the road with an over under of 133 and a half. Uh, the third game is Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State is a two point road favorite with an over under of 134. And Wisconsin at Penn State. Penn State is a home favorite over under of 134. So four games, half the slate with over unders less than 135 points, which is kind of crazy. That's, that's weak. And I think the interesting part about that, too, you got a team like Penn State that is a pretty up-tempo team, and they're going to host a Wisconsin team that is obviously forever is, slows the game down to a crawl. You know, so I think there's a little bit of, you know, it's it's at 134 right now, but I, I could see that go a little higher than that. I could see if Penn State gets a hold of that game and is able to dictate the pace a little bit. You know that that's one that could go a little bit higher than than it's uh, what Vegas thinks, but uh, it's some interesting contrast of styles there in that early slate. And and one thing that you do have to keep in mind on all of these don't go overboard games when you're dealing with lines that are around three, around two, around one, close games push up push up totals. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if one of these things is going back and forth down to the wire, we're going to get a lot of extra possessions, some foul shots, we're going to get some stuff that uh, could do some weird things. But overall. Even from an aesthetic standpoint, this isn't. Uh, these aren't the games where I'm like rush to the TV and watch these. The one thing I, that kind of stood out to me was that over under in the Kansas game of 129 and a half. Yeah. And I went out and looked. the The last time uh, Baylor and Kansas have played and haven't scored haven't scored 130 points or more was back in 2016. So that was a game at Baylor earlier that year. Kansas scored 102 just alone against Baylor earlier in that season. So you know, Self and and Scott Drew know each other really well. And typically they've scored in the in the mid 130s, mid 140s. So I was a little bit shocked at how low that over under was. I know they're great defensive teams, but that seems really low. Yeah, no, I agree. If I were betting uh, betting money, I would definitely look at the over pretty hard there. And we know whenever the Big 12 teams come to Lawrence, they're giving it everything they have. So even the seven and a half feels pretty big. Oh, before we get off these, uh, one thing I want to mention today because I wrote up the uh, Iowa Maryland game. Maryland was favorites at Iowa today. Uh, they got beat by 18. Yeah. We've, we've got a couple of the games on here. Ohio State at Indiana. Indiana's uh, played really well at home this year. Um, got Louisville at Notre Dame. They're only favored by three. I, I think those are a couple games if you were, you know, wanting to get off the DFS thing and get into some more traditional sports betting. Um, those are a couple games maybe I would look at, you know, home teams potentially uh, there and uh, trying to make a little money to, to – you know, throw into your later, later night, late night DFS. Beer money too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get into that late night heat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's flip over into our tread water section now. So our tread water is really how we refer to games where we're interested, but we don't want to go overboard. We definitely want some exposure here. Normally, there's some really, really fun players in this group. And Bird, what do we got in the tread water section? We've got two games in this section. We've got a Big East game with Creighton. Visiting Xavier, uh, Xavier is a four-point favorite with an over/under of 140. And then uh, NC State at Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia Tech is a two-point home favorite 
with an over-under of 143.5. And James, uh, we haven't talked about Landers Nolly much lately from Virginia Tech. Uh, what do you think about his his prospects uh, in, in, in a home game tonight against uh, a team that likes to push tempo a little bit, uh, or at least marginally push tempo in NC State? Yeah, I think that's um, it's a good matchup for him, really. And he needs a good matchup because he really hasn't, uh, against a Power 5 team, I think the last a uh, really good game he had was against Michigan State, really, in late November. Uh, he had 45 uh, DraftKings points. So I think he's he's kind of due, and NC State's a team that uh, has some more traditional bigs. He plays the five on that team, and he also leads the team probably up there in the conference in three-point shooting as well. You got a guy that's going to stretch it out, and so that, it's going to be a tough matchup for NC State. Last year, they were one of the best teams at – uh, not allowing three-pointers. Uh, they tried to run guys off the line, force things inside. And this year, they're, they're not doing that as much. And so I think I think that that's not a bad matchup. It could go either way, really. Um, but they are going to be at home. Spoiler alert, he's not going to show up in any of our, you know, any of our highlights later. But uh, that's a guy that you might want to target um, in, in your uh, rosters. You know, a lot of a lot of people look at recency bias and how you know who's done well for them lately, and that's just a name we haven't heard much uh, of recently, and so probably he's going to lead to some low ownership and and at home it just seems like a spot where he could uh, he could blow up again. Yeah, well, Virginia Tech's not a sexy basketball team, so you know they're kind of forgotten, you know. <laughs> so when they do have a player like that who has is in a good situation, you know, I definitely. Echo, he'll probably be pretty low owned tomorrow, and it could be a good way to scoop some value in a good game environment. And a lot of Bucketheads probably remember when these two teams faced off last year, right? It was one of the worst college basketball games of all time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 47 to People 24. People are still scarred from that one. So I don't blame anybody for just running away from this game. But <laughs> Different team. Different teams. It is different teams. Hey, Joe, what do you think? Uh, so the other game on here was uh, Xavier's at home. Uh, any thoughts on Najee Marshall? I love Najee Marshall. Um, since we brought him up quite a bit lately in our cash and our values and our, our predictions, I left him off this time, but you very easily could have played him again. Um, you know, I was I texted you, Bird, when they were playing Seton Hall, it was crazy. They they were matching Najee up on Miles Powell full court, and it was kind of took him out of the game. And so his last game log looks a little funky because of that. But prior to that, you know, he was your standard easy 4X with Creighton being a team that doesn't have a, a lot of rebounding strength and interior size, I think he could have a really good game here. Yeah, it seems like that's what's held him back lately is his rebounding just has, has dropped a little bit recently. And you, you're right, it seems like a great rebounding matchup here against Creighton. He's their power forward. He's a point forward, so he, his usage is there. And it's it's going to be a fun game. You always want to get people in those Creighton games. Uh, I think that over-under is a little low as well at 140, so something to consider. Creighton's usually a team I, I feel like plays pretty up-tempo. I don't cover that conference, obviously. But is that something to consider here? Is Xavier that good of a defensive team that is going to dictate the pace of that game? Or do you think Creighton well, can elevate that? I'd say they're that good of a defensive team. I don't know if they have the ability to dictate the pace, though. Um, and the thing is, Creighton's also super athletic. And as we are talking before we got on the air, you know, one of the things I love is when – a team with athletic defenders like Xavier gets paced up because not only are the steals and the rebounds and the athleticism mm-hmm. still there, but now they got to score to keep pace and they're a good enough team to score to keep pace. So, you know, the, the Marshalls and 
uh, those guys, they're going to they're gonna be in for a good one. But enough about that one. This game was in our tread water section. Like we said, there's some plays we like. There's some plays in this game that we might even allude to later on. But for right now, let's put a bow on that and move into that dive-in section. This is our last section. These are games we want a lot of exposure to. And with uh, six games talked about, eight on the slate, that means, Bird, there's two left in this section. We got two left. Mr. Mathlete there, nice work. Thank you. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, Georgetown at Villanova is the first game here. Uh, Nova is at home as a six-and-a-half-point favorite with an over-under of 148-and-a-half points. And then Alabama at Kentucky is the highest over-under on the slate at 153, and Kentucky is an eight-point home favorite there. Uh feels like Georgetown might be coming back to earth a little bit. What are your thoughts on that game, Joe? I know you're our Big East guy. Yeah, I'm the Big East and the SEC guys, so so I've really lucked out with the fun conferences this year because the two games in here are mine, and I say that um, tauntingly. Uh, <laughs> my thoughts on that game, you know, I agree with you. I think Georgetown is coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, it's one of those things where they had that initial lift and rallied together after the suspensions, and now they've, uh, you know, kind of hit a couple bumps in the road, and how... Now it's like, all right, Patrick Ewing, let's see what you got. Let's see what you can turn this team into and how, how they're going to sustain or re, rebuild some of that momentum that might be fleeting. Um, on the Villanova side of things, we've talked about them quite a bit. Their pricing is still a little off. I know you you in particular, Bird, have uh, have some issues there. <laughs> but, uh, I do. I don't understand why Jeremiah Robinson Earl still needs to be priced in the mid-seven range when he really hasn't done a whole lot in the last month and a half. No, but I explained it to you. So, And if you look at it, there's a number of people this applies to, but if you were awesome in the first four games of the year or in that first two weeks of November, you're still $1,000 overpriced. <laughs> Robinson Rule definitely applies there. Um, yeah, there's sometimes they're just so slow on, on some of the DraftKings pricing. It's just it's just annoying, but whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. That normally is an advantage for us because we're like, okay, we're not going to play him. But then when they finally make adjustments on the people that they're too low on and they haven't adjusted down the people that they're too high on, that's kind of the perfect storm that we were dealing with today in some capacity. Yeah, that's for sure. And then that last game in here that you asked about was the Alabama-UK game. This one I'm really looking forward to watching. Adotes has the Crimson Tide playing a lot better. And uh, Kentucky, I think they're starting to starting to believe, starting to look like Kentucky a little bit more. And with a 153 over-under, Let's go. Let's let's get it. I think I, think I saw Bama scored 90, in 90 points in the last four. One of them was a double overtime game, but they still got 83 in regulation against Florida. So, you know, they're they're scoring right now, and Oates has got that team moving. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun one. Oates is, uh, I mean, he's, a, he's all we want from a Buckethead perspective in terms of coaching. He wants to play fast. He wants to get up and down. You know, the athletes of Kentucky should be in a really good position to, to put up some nice numbers uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and we, we talked about this a little bit with Xavier getting paced up. Athletic kids that might be defensive minded getting paced up who have ability. Same applies here with Kentucky getting paced up. You know, this is not um, this is this is these are five star recruits you're pacing up. So do do so at your own risk. All right, let's uh, let's put a bow on that. We've kind of covered the eight games there. Um, now we're gonna get into the part where you might want to get your pen and pencil out, write that down, as they say. We're gonna talk about our cash our value our gpp and our bus uh, picks for saturday we'll start with our cash as we always do these are guys that we think are going to be safe plays that we think are going to get 4x since we just touched on um kentucky alabama i'll go ahead and start 
um, and go with Ashton Hagens from Kentucky. His price is down 300 bucks. He's $7,900, which is a lot of money. But this is a guy who needs 31.6 to hit value, to hit four times, which was what we consider a good cash play choice. And Hagens has hit 31.6 in 10 of 11. That's 10 of 11 games, so almost every every time this year. And uh, he's got the pace-up game against Alabama. So to me, that seems like pretty much a no-brainer. God, I just never would have imagined earlier this season that we'd say Hagens is a $7,900 player, or that yeah, he's priced down to $7,900, but he's been <laughs> phenomenal. Yep. He, he has, yeah. I mean, he's still not you know the, uh, a beautiful shooter or, or anything, but uh, he's just – He's the heart and soul of that team, a good team. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and flip back over to uh, to you, James. You can uh, take the next cash play. Who do you think is going to be uh, kind of a, a good safe play tomorrow? I'm going to call back to that Xavier Creighton game and say Paul Scruggs at home. Obviously, uh, last game at home against Seton Hall, he went 5x, uh, almost went 4x against St. John's, uh, went 4x against Villanova on the road. So. He's a guy that's playing pretty well lately, and he's shooting very well lately. And I, I think that he's got a shooting advantage, matchup advantage against Creighton. And so I, I like him to, to cash. And I, to be honest with you, I don't really mind him in GPP, a little bit of a riskier play there. Um, but I think he's a very safe cash play uh, and, and somebody that uh, I'll definitely be looking at. I like that as well. You know, we talked about Marshall, we talked about the athletes, but he's he's kind of their their alpha on the perimeter. He's kind of been due to, and I mean, I know he ha- he's been in better form of late, but this is a guy who would sneak a 40-burger on you a couple times last mm-hmm. year. He hasn't really had one or two of those yet this year, so I, I like that call a lot. Bird, why don't you close out our cash selection uh, with your uh, cash play? Yeah, I've got Jermaine Samuels, uh, $5,700 oh, forward. Groundhog's Day, <laughs> if you listened to us last week, I talked about Jermaine Samuels. So I've got a problem. But, again, the pricing's tight uh, tonight. Uh, Jermaine Samuels, is, that Villanova game is part of the second. It's the second highest over-under on the slate. Villanova's getting a pace-up game. Uh, Samuels has been 4X in five of his last six games, and he's at his lowest price of the season. So I feel like he gives you a high floor. And I just lack a lot of creativity and, and just put the same guys over. Uh-oh, who let the dogs out? Hey, there's, <laughs> there's a reference. Hold on one second. Well, you know, we all we all got a soft spot for certain players, and yours is clearly Jermaine Samuels. I mean, it is what it is. No, I, <laughs> I, I'm just giving you a hard time. He's he's priced great. I mean, and it's hard to not – I can't fathom him not getting 4X at that price point. So yeah. what are you going to do? And four streets to it. I blame DraftKings. Well, and and you're trailing this competition, so you need the layups, right? Jesus. <laughs> just, just rub it in. James has been hot, and he's now tied me for the lead. And you know, bringing up the rear, you gotta you gotta take these. Well, let's move on to the value plays where someone is no longer perfect at them. Oh, zing! All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I did I did lose my perfect streak on value plays last week. I did not find someone for you who was in that mid 4,000 or less range that hit 4X. I apologize. I will make up for it this week. I went first last time, so I'm not going to go first this time. And uh, James, let's, why don't you start us off? Who, who did you find in that value market today, in the bargain bin? Yeah, this is somebody, and this is uh, really geared towards GPP, uh, not not cash. Wouldn't recommend this for cash, but uh, Jalen Cohn 
is a point guard, backup point guard, technically, for Virginia Tech. And he uh, is a four-star, kind of a pint-sized player. He's about 5'9", quick as a hiccup. He is starting to come on now. He's somebody I think I even mentioned in the in the early preseason write-up. And uh, he's a guy that's starting to, to kind of get some more minutes, get more comfortable with the offense. And uh, so I, he's in a good position. He had uh, t- almost 24 DraftKings points in his last outing. That was against Syracuse. Uh, he's a, a really good shooter, went 5 of 7 from three-point. Uh, he's 3,900. It's a great value. Not guaranteed for sure, but if you've got somebody in your GPP lineup uh, and you need a, a 3,900 hole to fill, uh, that's a guy to turn to. If you were to guess what kind of minutes he would get tomorrow, what would you put of that? That's a really good question. I, obviously, the game script is going to dictate some of that, but he's had 25 minutes uh, three games ago, had 19 minutes against Syracuse. So I think it's possible he could get around 20 minutes, um, but again, it's it's a bit of a gamble. That's why I say it's a really only a GPP play. Uh, you know, 3,900. You're not gonna you're not gonna get killed over it. There's just not a whole lot of value on the slate, so gotta go somewhere. Yep. Bird, what do you got for your uh, value play? Uh, I've got Christian Brown, and it's it it's not it doesn't look like the last name Brown. It's B R A U N, even though it's pronounced Brown, uh, Brown. for Kansas, and he's a four thousand dollar player. Um, so, so Brown is, he's played 30 minutes, uh, the last game or two games ago against West Virginia and went four X. He played 25 minutes last game, uh, at Iowa state and went five X. Uh, he's a player that, that Bill Self really trusts right now, uh, and, and his ability just to, to make the right decision, even though he's a freshman. And even though it's a super small two game sample size in the big 12 right now, he's leading the conference in offensive rating, uh, per Ken Palm. And so Again, not a whole lot of, uh, of value plays that are out there. There, there is a lot of risk here still. He's a freshman who's just started to, to crack the, the rotation, but he has played really well lately and, and self trusts him. And, and so maybe our bucket heads can trust him as well. You got a secretly a little PSA in there, Bird, uh, for the Ken Palm users out there about conference play, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Now, now that we're in conference play, you know, if you can click, you click on a player and it will tell you what their, uh, what their conference only statistics are what their what their ratings are uh so it's kind of nice to dive in uh you know that now that we're through non-conference play for the most part uh once we get a little bit bigger sample size it's kind of nice to to get a good look there and see hey what's trending lately what are they doing uh for us recently right and even right now it gives you a snapshot of current form you know so that that that's another way you can leverage that tool because we've played four or five conference games you can see what they've done in their four or five conference games just kind of a nice snapshot in time in that regard as well. For sure. All right. Um, uh, my, I'll close out value plays, and I, I also have a $4,000 guy, and that is James Beetle Bolton. Um, this is a guy, West Virginia grad transfer at Alabama. We talked about the Alabama-Kentucky game. Alabama's going to push tempo. Um, this is going to be high scoring. It's got the 153 over under. Bolton is someone that is a veteran. In the moment's not going to be too big for him. Like I mentioned earlier, Alabama scored 90 points in five straight games. He comes off the bench, but, you know, he gets run, and and he normally produces with that run. You're talking about needing 16 to have uh, value. I think there's even room to go beyond that. He's got a 33-point DK game and a couple 20-point DK games this year. Um, He's obviously been over the 4X in his last two. So, Beetle Bolton in this uh, game of the day, in my opinion, would be my value play for sure. 
Yeah, I like it. I like what you talked about there. You know, he's a veteran presence. He's not going to be intimidated on the road, and he has played well. He has played well lately. Do you think uh, Kentucky? Kentucky, they talked about early in the season as being one of the best defensive teams in the nation. They obviously came out and put the stifle on Michigan State in the opening game. You know, do you think Kentucky has a chance to to kind of slow that game down, or do you think that Alabama's pace is going to you know to kind of dictate the flow of that game? You know, and this, this this might be my opinion. I'm open to, to friendly debate on this one, but to me, Kentucky is gonna. They don't care per se what tempo you're gonna throw at them because they can beat you in a number of ways, right? I think that they're gonna rely on their 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 five star pedigree, and they're gonna. If you want to run with them, then they'll outrun with you, and if you want to slow them down, then they'll be better than you in the half court. I think there's a preferred way that they want to play which is kind of a middle-of-the-road pace and under control because they are young and Cal can see how things develop. But at the same time, they're not going to not take their opportunities against a, a, a right. somewhat suspect Alabama defense at times. Right. It's not Virginia, not Wisconsin. It's, no, it's no, no, no. It's, it's, yeah. it's not that approach for sure, no. Yeah. Bird, anything to add on that? Would you agree, disagree? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and Vegas has that game as an over-under of 153, so they expect them to get up and down a little bit. Vegas is usually pretty smart, uh, almost as smart as we are. Maybe not quite. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, you could see, I could see that game getting away from Bama. Bama's played pretty well lately, but I could see that game getting away from them. Sure. Uh, you got that long athletes. You've got some really good defensive-minded players there for Kentucky. I could see things unraveling kind of quickly. Even seeing a, a little bit higher, maybe a double-digit win by by Kentucky tomorrow. You know, this kind of lends itself well uh, for another trans- phenomenal transition by me. Because um, as we get into our GPP plays, two of you guys have Kentucky players. And our GPP plays are the guys that we think are not just going to do the 4X, but going to go beyond that to 5X. So um, I'll go ahead and start with you, Bird, because you got a wildcat staring right at me on this on this outline. Oh, transition game on point. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's on point tonight. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah, I do have a Kentucky player, so Tyrese Maxey, uh, $6,600 guard for Kentucky. Uh, like we just talked about, this is the best game environment from a Vegas perspective, highest over-under. Um, he's had at least 40 DK points in two of his last three games, so he's shown a ceiling. Uh, he's getting double-digit shots in five straight games. He's a very good rebounder. Uh, he's played 91% of the minutes in the two conference games so far this year, and so I think this is a player who... Uh, in, in this pace up matchup, uh, really has a chance to, to kind of hit maybe a six X seven X type of performance, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I, and I, I've mentioned this all season long. He's really their most natural scorer on that team. So uh, if they're going to score points, logically, it would come from him. The others, it just seems to not come as easy. Um, now James, you're in the same game, but you're not on the perimeter. You're in the paint. Yeah. I went in the paint. I went with Nick Richards. Um, when I look back at, Alabama's schedule this year and I, I look at some of the games that they played and the players that have played well against them. Uh, if I look at Florida, um, you got Kerry Blackshear at 24 and 16 against them. Penn State, you know, yeah, Lamar Stevens had a monster against them, double digit rebounds. Mike Watkins, double digit rebounds in that game. North Carolina, uh, Garrison Brooks, uh, Baycott, big games, uh, double doubles. So, I look back at that and I think, well, you know, Nick Richards is not necessarily in that same mold, but, you know, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of rebounds in a game that's going to have a lot of possessions. Uh, if he can get a few buckets, you know, that's a guy that can put it together. So that's that's what I'm looking at. 
No, I, I like it. And I think the the key is getting exposure to that game. Some guys are going to go off in that game, and Nick, Nick and Tyrese and even mentioned Hagen's above in the cash play. Uh, I think there's a lot of good options UK side of things. Yeah, with, with so many of those games that had that low over-under, I think this is a game you just naturally have to get some exposure to. Um, and so I think those all, all three of those plays make a lot of sense. And then uh, rounding out the GPP play, uh, it, I still haven't given my guy. And I got Mac McClung. Um, we're talking about uh, Georgetown. We talked about him earlier saying that they maybe, you know, kind of hit a wall a little bit. But McClung's been fine. Um, he had the eye issue, um, seems to be past that. At his price point, to hit 5x, he needs 37.5 fantasy points. And he's done that. Six out of the eight times that since the suspension, since the team's been gutted, and he's kind of become the focal point on the perimeter. So when we're talking about uh, Georgetown, we're talking about Villanova, you're going to talk about a team that's going to need to score. It's going to be a very competitive game. Villanova doesn't have that perimeter stopper that they can lock down McClung with. So I think he should have no problem getting his. So I think he's a good bet to kind of carry the Hoyas today if that thing's going to stay close. Yeah, I like that. He's a complete usage hog now uh, that Akinjo's gone and LeBlanc's gone, and uh, he can fill it up in a hurry. Uh, Nova's not a world beater on defense this year. We like a lot of volume plays. We like guys who are going to be on the court a bunch of minutes, and he fits the profile. Awesome. And then our last section that we want to cover, give you guys a couple more names that you can either give you guys a couple more names to be cognizant of when it comes time to make your lineups. This is a big one. This is our bus section. And, uh, James, I'm going to start with you. Uh, who do you like in the bust here? I went with John Petty from Alabama. And uh, the reason for that is, you know, he's at a pretty lofty price right now, 8200 And I think there's some better options out there that you can can probably play. We obviously talked about how up-paced they are, so this could definitely go the other way for sure. You know, if you look at, you know, being at Kentucky, and Kentucky, as we talked about earlier, it's a team that can put the clamps down. You know, when you look at, his stats, particularly on Ken Palm, 20% shot share, 19% usage. Um, this is a guy that has been extremely efficient, um, shooting 50% from three, 10th in the nation, actually. So he's an extremely good shooter. You know, is he going to get the type of volume uh, that he might need to, to come through? Or is he going to be able to stay that efficient on the road? I don't know. I'm going to bet against that and say that he, he doesn't. That's, that's my pick to bust. Well, and you got, you got the UK defense that's going to factor in. He's more expensive than Kieran Lewis, and he's fourth on the team in usage. So logistically and mathematically, uh, your, your your call makes a lot of sense. The game flow does scare me, but I think if someone's going to fall under 4X, that's someone that I would raise an eyebrow to and probably avoid in my lineups. It's hard, though. We mentioned, Burton, I mentioned, and James, we talked about this. The pricing is really good, you know, really good today. I think finding the bust was the hardest thing for me to do when I was looking through this list. And I'd, I'm not in love with my choice, but I, I took Lamar Stevens from Penn State. Wow. Lamar, Lamar Stevens is a stat hog. He fills up the stat sheet. They got the Wisconsin game. It is at home. I jokingly mocked the Penn State home court last weekend, and that is still <laughs> not a lift he's going to get. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're hosting Wisconsin. Wisconsin's going to be pissed off after what Illinois did to them. They're, Wisconsin's one of the few Big Ten teams that has a road win this year. Um, they're going to come into Penn State. They're going to muck up that game. You still have uh, Watkins down low that is going to be in the mix for rebounds and buckets in the paint. 
At 7,900, Lamar Stevens needs that um, 31.6. He hasn't hit that number in three out of his last four. I'm not confident about it, but given his recent form and a horrible matchup, I took Lamar Stevens as my best play this week, someone who I think is going to finish under 4X. Yeah, and I I thought, you know, other than being at home, which, you know, as we talked about, may not may not be a huge advantage anyway but you know I, after watching Wisconsin play Illinois in particular that Wisconsin team is is good they're as good as uh, they've always been really um, but they're, they're the team and I think uh, one of the announcers mentioned it in that game where they're uh, one of the top one of the most efficient teams in the nation uh, in the last 10 seconds of the shot clock so that tells you you know they're, they're the type of team they're gonna grind it down work their offense find the mismatch you know, they're going to chew, chew up the clock that way. There's not going to be very many possessions. And, you know, a guy like Lamar Stevens, that, that hurts. So I, I think that's a, that's a really good picture. Ah, thank you. I need to get back on the snide because as bird mentioned, I, I lost my perfect in uh, value plays bust. I've been okay in um, bird. You've been perfect in bust plays. You are the last, you have the last remaining perfect, which is an eight for eight so far. That means every time we ask you to give us a bus play, that person has finished under 4X. So Always finds the worst in people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, negative Nancy. Negative, <laughs> negative Nancy Bird. So, Bucketheads, if you're listening, whoever he gives you is going to go under 4X. See, I'm ramping up the pressure here now to, to knock you off your game. Yeah, I feel like this is the 93% free throw shooter at the end of the game. Oh, he never misses. <laughs> right. And he never misses two free throws. Um, I went with uh, Omar Yurt7 from Georgetown. He's priced at $8,700. Um, if you look at his game logs, he's propped up a little bit because he scored 63 DK points against Samford, and Samford's not good. Hashtag not good. Yurt7 hasn't hit 30 DK points in four straight games. And if you look, uh, Georgetown's played three conference games so far this year, and he's at a 19% shot percentage, which is down from 30% where it was at in the, in the non-conference schedule. So he's not getting as much shot share. Um, and I can just see that, you know, he's a seven-footer. Uh, Villanova has those quick forwards, uh, the quick mm-hmm. agile forwards. I can just see him having a really hard time uh, on the road here uh, against a really good Villanova team. Is it because he has a man bun? Partially because he has a man bun and partially because he's just not going to do very well. And I, I, I can read a bust like nobody's business. I'm really good at this. <laughs> what if he goes – what if he goes – Fresh shave on the beard and a nice firm top knot. Would that change your opinion? <laughs> no. no, I you know, but I will say this, and you guys have seen. I, I tried to grow out my hair once. Um, that was awful. It, it did not go well at all. So I'm a little jealous. I wish I could have like a like a man bun, but I <laughs> I can't. I just get this big poofy afro thing that looks just horrible. Well, somebody has pictures of us dressed up like the Goonies for Halloween, so that. That yeah, happens. That's, that's when that hair was long, because you, you were chunk. That's right. Yep, I was. I, <laughs> I believe I passed out on the bottom of the stairs that night. So that was, a, right. that was a good effort. So recapping, Bird was chunk, James was data, and I was mouth. <laughs> we're cool. It's fitting. If you, if you listen to our podcast, it kind of makes sense. Right. Or if you saw the video podcast of, of me. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes our, our CBGB, our cash plays, our value plays, our GPPs, and our bus plays. The only thing left to do is close it out with the standings. Um, as mentioned before, we, we kind of had a 
we didn't have the best week last time. We went seven out of 12 last week, dropped our season percentage to 62%, uh, excuse me, 61 and a half percent on the year. James and I are leading in this friendly internal competition. We've each hit 20 correct. Um, Bird has hit 19 correct. So James and I are hitting on 62%. Bird's hitting on 59%. Um, Bird does have that perfect though in the bust category. So there's the update on the CBGB standings for those of you following along. As always, the person who is trailing, you know who that is, uh, has to take us home at the end of each pod. So without further ado, Bert, take us out of here. God, I hope my players do good this week. I got to get out of this bottom. I just <laughs> can't. I can't do this. This pressure of closing is, is, is too much. You can't grovel to end the pod. It's got to end on an upswing. Oh, that's right. Hey, Bucketheads, uh, we love you guys. Uh, we just hit 1,000 followers on Twitter awesome. at CBB underscore DFS. Uh, so thank you all. Uh, we've, we've really enjoyed being part of the CBB community, uh, helping it grow. Uh, there is a big tournament on Tuesday on Tuesday. DraftKings $5 tournament. We really need to try to fill that up so that we can continue to get these larger tournaments uh, for CBB. So do your best, multi-enter. We're going to I think maybe try to do a podcast, uh, yeah. maybe Monday night or Sunday night, depending on when the slate drops. So keep an eye out for that. But let's really try to fill that tournament. Um, you can get all our content at cbb-dfs.com. If you would like to leave us a review or rate the podcast, that would be great. We still only have two reviews on the podcast. So uh, Jack Ullum and, and, and Carrot Eater are our only comments we've gotten so far. So feel free to be creative. Uh, leave us a good review. Uh, we'll read it on air, um, and we'll talk great things about you, uh, potential to put you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, potential. <laughs> potential. Uh, Joe, great transitions tonight. Uh, home nice. run uh, on your part. Uh, James, I hope you're enjoying uh, whatever craft beer you're drinking, and have a good weekend. And Bucketheads, we love you guys, and we will be back soon. All right, let's win all the money. Mm-hmm.